So, welcome to Pod Potatoes. This is Mark Selzer. I am uh, talking today probably about politics. We'll see what happens. Uh, mostly I talk about politics. You know, I lament the days. I don't know if anyone out there remembers, if anyone out there listening remembers, but you know, Republicans and Democrats at one point, and Libertarians, which I am one, full disclosure, uh, used to actually debate each other on the issues, you know. Remember the lockbox? Remember that? Uh, remember Al Gore actually talking about uh, issues with uh, his opponent? Remember that? They used to actually discuss things like Social Security, uh, the economy, inflation, things like that. Now they don't do that anymore. They just accuse the other person of being a criminal, of uh, of uh, you know make up lies about uh, them. Mostly, you know, we'll we'll see if these uh, things about Biden and the laptop and things like that. If those are lies, I think we'll probably get to the bottom of that. But, you know, when we got to the bottom of the Trump thing with Russia, there was nothing there. You know, I know a lot of people think that there still was, but there wasn't. I mean, I kept looking into it, and uh, there was nothing there. And then everything that they kept saying about Trump would turn out to be false. So, you know, just lie after lie after lie. Make up lies about your opponent. And, uh, you know, maybe some people out there think, oh, he's guilty of something. He hasn't been convicted of anything. They've had, he's the most investigated man on earth. I didn't vote for him, but still, you know, I was waiting for one of these uh, allegations to come out and they didn't. So it's just now what they do is they make up, you know, you're a criminal, you're a crook, you're a, you're a liar, you're, these call each other names. And that's the, the level of political discourse now is, and, you know, the, the Democrats have done this, and now uh, they're going to be getting, uh, now that the Republicans are in charge of the House, they're going to be getting a little of their own medicine. And uh, they're already starting to whine and scream and cry about it. You know, that's what you did. You know, weaponizing the uh, judiciary against your opponents is something that... Uh, uh, you know, I don't know who appoints the special counsels, but I'm sure there will be another special counsels or many convened uh, regarding Biden and, and his son. Uh, I'm sure there will be many, but, you know, it's, it's just all returning the favor. You know, is this what we want to do with our uh, political system? How about debating issues? How would that be? I guess if someone's really a crook, uh, go ahead and... Uh, convict them but you know then we have kangaroo courts we have uh we have uh things that are uh you know you're going to have a judge who's biased you're going to have a jury that's biased uh we i think we saw that during the the uh the probe about uh the durham probe maybe there was uh you know you had a you, you were trying to get a jury that would agree to to prosecute a Democrat when some of those people are donors to the Biden campaign. Pretty difficult thing to do. But they didn't even have a hung jury there. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see if the Durham probe is, is over. But that's what we seem to have now. We just have... Uh, Rather than a debate on the issues, we have a debate on uh, uh, by accusing the other person of being a criminal, and uh, we have a debate on whether or not uh, there is uh, any uh, uh, integrity to our elections themselves. Here's uh, Carrie Lake. She's a election denier. Uh, here she is uh, at a speaking. I'll tell you what, I'm not just going to knock that house of cards over. We're going to burn it to the ground. 
Well, there you go. I mean, it looks like the uniparty establishment in Arizona, made up of both Democrats and Rhino Republicans, picked the wrong person to pick a fight with because she's promising to burn the whole thing down. Now, I reported... That's her. That's uh, Carrie Lake, uh, governor. If you haven't heard of her, she's the uh, governor, the Republican candidate for governor in Arizona, and she is alleging uh, misconduct and malfeasance in the in her uh, election there. And uh, we'll see. She's going to court. Uh, a lot of times, the judges don't want to touch this, and they say uh, basically they don't have jurisdiction. But this is all in the state, within a state, you know, then the federal level. Uh, when we had the uh, lawsuits that when, when Trump was alleging there was uh, hanky-panky going on, basically the, they didn't even look at any evidence. They just said, uh, we don't have jurisdiction at all there. Sorry, can't do anything. And uh, because the elections uh, are supposed to be done by the states. So that's what we have there. So, you know, we'll see. And that guy talking afterwards is a conservative commentator. And he's a guy that's uh, getting huge amounts of views. You know, there's uh, independent journalism is probably going to take over entirely uh, what it looks like now. Because uh, the CNN is going down in ratings, although Fox News is going up, I believe, still. But uh, most of it, most of the uh, most of the journalists talking about politics, talking about the news, uh, they're going downhill. They're they're uh, the the numbers are dwindling, and people are looking to uh, Doctor Churley. That was the guy that it says there. He's a real conservative. I'm not a conservative, but he, you know it was. Uh, uh, he's he covers things. I listen to him because he covers things that I don't hear elsewhere, and that's interesting. You know, he's a real cheerleader, you know. Of the, he's a political activist, the same way the Democrats at CNN are political activists. They're not journalists either, but you know, what do they cover and what do they talk about? And that that's the important thing for me is you know do you you, you want to hear the different stories, the different points of view, and you want to get as many things covered as you possibly can in various uh, uh, places. So I end up listening to uh, uh, looking at different news sources, left, right, libertarian, center, uh, looking around always for a non-biased source but uh, usually don't you don't get it. You get someone who's biased one way, biased the other way. You know, who knows where the truth is? Maybe the truth is in the middle. Maybe the truth isn't. You know, maybe that that's called dialectical thinking, you know. And uh, I don't know if that's if it's true or not. Anyway, let's see what he has to say. Here's uh, let's see what he has to say about the uh, election integrity over the weekend that Kerry did indeed win the preliminary stages of her lawsuit against Maricopa County and Katie Hobbs. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson has ruled against Katie Hobbs and approved Kerry Lake's request to have ballots inspected as she prepares for trial in her contestation of the election. The judge granted three of Lake's four demands. He's allowing the inspection of a sampling of ballot-on-demand uh, printed ballots, a sampling of early ballots, and a sampling of ballot-on-demand ballots marked as spoiled. This all in preparation for Kerry's case against Maricopa County and Katie Hobbs, who, as Secretary of State, shamelessly refused to recuse herself from overseeing the election and therefore bought... That sounds that sounds uh, dirty to me. If she's a secretary of state, she should have uh, had a subordinate or a uh, someone who's a neutral party uh, oversee the election. That That's going to, you know, that's going to, the appearance, it's going to give the appearance of a lack of, of integrity in the election anyway, you know. The mice, the mice are watching the cheese, but the fact that she didn't do that is it just seems arrogant to me. You know, it just seems like a an arrogant kind of gesture. You know, uh, let them eat ballot boxes. You know, it's just not. Uh, it's just not good. It's just not cool. 
You know, it just looks, it looks dirty. It gives the appearance of impropriety, whether there was any there or not. But the, anyone, you know, that is, uh, uh, challenging an election is just called, if they're a Republican, you know, they're called names. But the Democrats, they do it. They don't get called names by, you know, CNN and ABC and CBS and MSNBC. Uh, it seems to be a double standard there. And, uh, there is a film called The Thousand Mules. It's pretty interesting about the presidential run of the last presidential, uh, election that shows, uh, people going to 10 different ballot boxes in one night, putting in 10, 20 ballots each into these, the same people wearing gloves because there was a prosecution of uh, some people because they left fingerprints on the uh, on the ballots. So it looks pretty fishy, you know. Um, and But this isn't allowed in the mainstream media. You know, we're not allowed to talk about it, you know. And that's another problem. You know, you, you, you should investigate these things till everyone is happy and there are no doubts, you know, rather than censor these people. But now they're at least not going to be censoring them on Twitter anymore. So we will see, and we're seeing the amount of censorship that's being done by the, uh, by the, uh, over at Twitter in, with the FBI, the FBI actually sending, uh, different, uh, things to the, uh, different emails to the, to the whatchamacallit, to, uh, to the Twitter executives, the Twitter, the people at Twitter. Sorry about that. Looking, looking around here for, uh, some, some coverage of Twitter and, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, we have this uh, this tweet this tweet from Clay Travis. The Washington Post, which has lost five hundred thousand subscribers in the past year, has announced layoffs are coming to the paper. The meeting didn't go well. Oh, let's play the meeting for you. Here we have an example of the another uh, formerly huge uh, newspaper, the Washington Post, and uh, this is, I believe, it's the Washington Post, and they're you know they're laying people off, laying off huge amounts of people. Just the the people just don't trust the media anymore, and they're looking around at people. This is Tim Pool. He is a big. Uh, uh, news analyst, uh, alternative uh, media, alternative news source, independent news source. And he's a guy like myself. I'd basically say that I'm a liberal, but uh, I can't, the Democrats, I can't even recognize the Democrats anymore. I don't even know what they're saying. Uh, just crazy. I, crazy people. Uh, and he kind of feels the same way. So I listen to him a, a lot. You know, I, I still consider myself a liberal, but, uh, you know, considering voting Republican, I voted uh, uh, Libertarian. But, you know, just to oppose the Democrats now because they're just have become so completely crazy. Anyway, let's hear what he has to say here. This, well, this is the meeting where they're laying people off and uh, people are not happy. As these people wear masks and whine about what are you going to do to protect people's jobs, I, I we're, we're talking about Neuralink and I'm like, these people will sign up day one. That's, and I think, I wonder if Elon knows that. He looks at these people and he was like, these people would put masks on their asses if they were told to do it by the government. They're going to get the Neuralink when we tell them to do it. They got the apps, the mobile apps. They got the ID cards. They all did it. Who didn't? Well, it's the conservatives, the libertarians, it's the anarchists, it's the right, whatever they want to call it. These are the people who are like, nah, 
Well, I don't know if libertarians are right-wing, but uh, I, I certainly am not. I would consider myself a libertarian and a liberal. But, you know, you can't, uh, you can't really have, uh, uh, you know, you're going to get opposition from everywhere. You know, Democrats, uh, other people, you're going to have a lot of opposition to, you know, the socialism and defund the police and uh, uh, trans kids and, and operating on, on, on kids. Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of uh, problems with people within your, within your own party. I know people who, who vote Democrat, and they absolutely are opposed to many, many, many things. The wokeness, so to speak. And uh, they're actually debating uh, with these people on uh, the Internet and on Facebook. And they're still, but they're still going out and voting Democrat. So if you don't like that, why are you voting for it, you know? And uh, there just seems to be a disconnect there. Let's see if I can get her, get one person I know like that on my show. Couldn't get a connection before, and now it's just me talking. But, uh, you know, it's a very interesting thing. You know, you you talk about uh, looking at different uh, uh, kind of news because... Basically, you know, the Twitter and the FBI, you know, deciding who gets censored is not getting uh, covered. You know, it's not getting covered in the ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, and other places like that just aren't getting uh, covered at all. So it's only getting covered on Fox, getting covered by the independents. And stuff like that. So, you know, let's see about this guy here. It's this guy. Hey guys, and welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. Serving people who cynically use their positions in government to enrich themselves and enrich their families, their loved ones, their friends. And of course, most of the time, Nancy Pelosi is the poster child for this phenomenon. But one person that we... Well, this happens with Republicans as well. You know, if you look at the, uh, look at people like Newt Gingrich and many other Republicans, when they, you know, started doing politics, they weren't rich people. But now, after being in politics, you know, they're multi-multi-millionaires. And same with Nancy Pelosi, people like that. I mean, definitely. But, uh, you know, this is this is a guy who's complaining about something that's true on both sides of the aisle. So anyway, let's hear what he, he has to say. Should not ever ignore somebody who always seems to be where the money is to be benefiting herself from some of these backroom deals. The name that always pops up is Maxine Waters. And no, I'm not talking about Maxine Waters paying her daughter millions of dollars in campaign funds. Supposedly her daughter works for her campaign. We're talking about FTX US. Sam Bankman-Fried, the Democrat high roller mega-donor, or we could probably say the former Democrat mega-donor, Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, and, you know, when you ask Maxine Waters about this, she says, oh, well, Republicans also got money from Sam Bankman-Fried. But, you know, they got about, I believe it was roughly 2% of what the uh, Democrats got, and plus that he was using... Uh, uh, proxies and other people and donating through other people and stuff like that. And that's going to have to be all sorted out if they can get a hold of his emails uh, and stuff like that. Now that he's under arrest, I don't know what he's hidden, but uh, it could be, you know, he gave two or three times than what we think he's, he gave. And this is all from uh, uh, crypto and his dishonesty in crypto. I don't know what the crypto market can do to make sure that the people and the exchanges uh, and the people uh, doing these exchanges are going to be 100% above water because that needs to happen with crypto and it's not going to happen with regulation and crypto will run from regulation and as they continue to try to regulate crypto, which is going to happen because of the Bankman Freed uh, scandal, uh, and this is a Democratic Party money laundering scandal basically, uh, the people that are into crypto, what they'll be doing is just having uh, 
uh, exchanges where everything is scrambled, where they're not going to, no one's going to be able to tell uh, where you're, uh, who is who is giving to it, uh, where the money went and where it goes. It's going to be encrypted. They're going to be encrypted uh, exchanges. There's going to be, uh, and there already are. So, you know, these things are getting, they're making it so you, you cannot track them. And uh, I think that's good, but they have to be, there has to be a way the people engaging in crypto can make sure that their crypto is safe and that these places that are doing this are entirely above board. And it's going to have to be done without government regulation, which is certainly possible. And, but we'll see what happens. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be a certain group of people that are running towards regulation in crypto, and there's going to be a certain group of people that are running away from crypto, running away from regulation in crypto. But this is going to cause uh, a lot of trouble. But also, you know, a lot of these people talking about regulating crypto uh, have to understand that crypto doesn't really, it's not really in a country. You know, the uh, like there's no office of Bitcoin for them to go and uh, storm and demand that they comply with, you know, thousands of pages of uh, new regulations. There's nowhere for them to go. It's It doesn't exist anywhere. There's no president. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin just exists on something called a blockchain, which is a bunch of computers stuck together all over the world. So, uh, and the fact that Bitcoin, if you have Bitcoin on your phone or in a wallet on your computer, it's not really there. What you have are the keys to the Bitcoin that exists on the blockchain. And there are many other, you know, going into crypto. This isn't a show about crypto, but, you know, there will be some more shows about crypto, but not not this one. But basically, uh, Sam Bagman Free, this is a filthy, filthy uh guy and uh, very dishonest. He's ripped off a lot of people and probably is going to be spending a long, long time in jail. Well, this whole Sam Bankman-Fried situation, this whole FTX US slash DNC connection that is currently being exposed is now exposing a couple Democrat characters. And Democrat Representative Maxine Waters is at the top of that list. Let me show you guys exactly what I mean by that. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so let's first start off with the headlines that you might be seeing around. Maxine Waters thanks FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried for being, quote, candid. Sam Bankman-Fried founder of crypto exchange company FTX, who openly admitted he, quote, had a bad month, receives praise on Twitter from Congresswoman Maxine Waters for his apparent dedication to transparency. Bankman Fried, who has recently said that he was masquerading as a woke Westerner, has benefited from an avalanche of favorable press as of late, including an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal and a public webcam event with the New York Times. Maxine Waters recently... Yeah, you know, the, the, the press, um, very uh, Democrat-leaning press is, uh, on one side, is uh, uh, not uh, condemning him as much. They're trying to, you know, soft-pedal this in a way. And uh, this guy's on the right, so he's uh, going after him with both barrels and with the crooked politicians that took this money. Those people need to give that money back because that's uh, filthy money that he stole from other people. And so we'll see if anyone's going to hold their feet to the fire. They'll be holding his feet to the fire. But I wonder if they're going to be holding any of these uh, dirty politicians that took this dirty money, if anyone's going to be taking, uh, holding their feet to the fire as they will his. He'll just become a scapegoat for people like uh, Maxine Waters and stuff like that. And that's a very sad thing, you know. Uh, let's see about uh, uh, Twitter right now. Well, you know, Twitter, now we have one place where things aren't as uh, regulated as they are elsewhere. But, you know, so that that's another thing is that some of the some of the truth now will be able to leak out on on Twitter, you know. We'll see what happens out there uh, with Twitter. You know, if it's going to be taken from the App Store, then it's just going to be... Uh
it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's going to become worth nothing and no one's going to be on it. Unless they just have TV commercials uh, basically saying, uh, uh, you know, hey, go to Twitter.com, get the app, you know, everyone just goes to Twitter.com. I guess that could happen. Let's see what this guy here, what he has to say. This is another uh, commentator, uh, independent uh, news guy uh, online. I don't think so. It's interesting the way the left is reacting to this. It's as if he doesn't still own Twitter. It's like they think he's going to bring back Yul Roth or something to run Twitter. I mean, it is a hilarious... Yes, I went as hard as I humanly could last night to get people out there and try to get him to stay as a head of Twitter. But I have thought it over. And as I mentioned yesterday... Elon was always going to step down as the head of Twitter. He was never going to stay running it forever. The man wants to get to... Yeah, you know, it seems like uh, right now, uh, running Twitter, Elon Musk running Twitter. Yeah, you know, it seems like it's a, it's going to be, a, you know, from the beginning, a done deal that he's going to eventually find somebody else. He's going to clean it up. And he's going to find some people that he can trust to run it for him because, you know, he's a busy guy, right? I mean, he can't be, he's got the boring company, which uh, digs under cities to make uh, places for cars to go to cut the traffic because things are just worse and worse and worse. I haven't even been on the one out here. Uh, I'd like to do that. That might be fun because uh, there is one in Nevada where I am right now. But, you know, he's making these in L.A., and he's got a SpaceX, and then he's got his, uh, of course, his car company as well. So, you know, but I think that he's going to be pretty hands-on at Twitter, maybe always. But, you know, I'm sure that he's got people he can trust that can run Tesla for him. But, you know, right now he's he's being hands-on with his new toy, his shiny new toy at Twitter. So, yeah, he'll be stepping down eventually. That's... That was never, I don't think that was ever anything that uh, wasn't going to happen. I think it's definitely going to happen uh, no matter what. Eventually, he's going to find someone. He's going to put him into place. And, you know, he still may be the spokesman on Twitter for his company. But I don't think that, uh, you know, he ever had any intention of staying there the rest of his life. But who knows? Maybe he will. This is a guy, he's called uh, The Quartering, and he usually has something to say about a few things. He's pretty interesting. But, you know, again, he leans uh, he leans Republican. You always have to know, you know, and you really have to be honest to what you're listening to. You know, if you're listening to CNN, you know, understand these are Democrat Party activists, and you're listening to Fox News and a lot of these other independent journalists uh, sometimes... Uh, they're going to be a lot less biased than a lot of the people on Fox and a lot of the people on uh, CNN, but uh, they're still going to be biased. So let's see what he has to say. Mars, which means his time needs to be spent at Starlink and SpaceX, Neuralink, Tesla, much more than it needs to be at Twitter. And he's not going anywhere. That's the thing. Like... The hilarious part about all this is I wanted him to stay as the CEO a little bit longer for Twitter. And that's why it was important because it's been so fun watching him essentially bust digital balls. But he's not going anywhere. His methodology isn't going anywhere. His vision isn't going anywhere. And I'm going to get into all that after a super quick word from this video sponsor. Huge shout out to this video sponsor. Yeah. Oh, I was going to want to listen to that. I don't have any sponsors. Uh, nope. Not me. <laughs> I'm completely independent. Anyone that would like to sponsor me, you can go to a tab here on the show and you can uh, give me some money. Some people do. Some patrons out there, you can pledge, you know, 10 bucks, 5 bucks uh, to me. Uh, 
so I can get paid. Helps me to continue to do shows. Today I'm going to do probably two shows. We'll see what happens. But uh, I guess the news is that uh, Elon Musk is stepping down from his uh, uh, post there at Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, culture wars. Culture wars are going on uh, in, I guess, at uh, Twitter. I mean, I guess at Netflix. Let's see what's going on at Netflix. Look at this crack. You touch it? I guess there's some kind of uh, uh, protest of people wanting them to fire somebody. Let's see what let's see what this is about here on uh, Netflix. Thing, then you'll be able to keep on doing it. Uh, it's also important to know that if you realize you're doing the wrong thing, that's when you stop doing the wrong thing. You don't just keep on going just because, because that leads down a, a dark path. Those specific remarks coming from Henry Cavill came just a couple of days before the bombshell shocking announcement that he was leaving The Witcher and Liam Hemsworth, an actor known for his roles years ago in The Hunger Games and Independence Day, would be taking over Geralt of Rivia in season four of The Witcher. It seems a lot of people have been doing that. You know, there's been shakeups everywhere in the entertainment industry. We have uh, the woke uh, direction of Disney. This is flopping. You know, they this. They had some of the biggest movies ever made. You know, the Avengers, Infinity War, and stuff like that. And uh, suddenly they started hitting us with this woke stuff and woke actresses uh, uh, telling us uh, uh, things and you know costing them a billion dollars. And I understand the uh, shareholders at Disney are going to be one of them or maybe it's going to be a group of them suing the people who've been in charge at uh, Disney for not keeping the bottom line. Because, you know, if you're running a company and you're trying to preach uh, political ideology to people, then uh, that really isn't a good idea because you're turning off, you know, half your viewers. If half your viewers are leaning right and half the viewers are leaning left, you want to be in the middle somewhere so you can grab as many people as possible. But uh, they're leaning way, way over to the left. And a lot of people think they're being very extreme. So, you know, it's happening everywhere. And it's happened on Netflix with uh uh, the employees uh, trying to boycott and protesting and walking out because of uh, Chappelle and uh, him uh, making what I think are pretty innocuous jokes about some uh, trans issues. And they're saying this is a problem. But, you know, Netflix is saying, yeah, we're, we're going to have uh, new shows by him on there still. So, you know, the, it, at a certain point, you know, you're a company and you need to, you have the bottom line. I mean, Chappelle is a guy that's going to have massive numbers for you. He's going to have one of the, you know, the top comedian in the world right now. So he's going to have uh, massive numbers. You know, maybe Hart would be considered. Some people would say, no, no, it's Hart. Oh, no, maybe it's still Louis C.K. But, you know, uh, Louis C.K. is back as well, you know, and he's, just operating on his own website. He can put out his own specials, film them himself, put them up on his website. He has a dedicated following. Uh, so he can still be making millions of dollars, maybe not as much as he did. But basically, you know, he doesn't need you, and, and neither does Chappelle. You know, Chappelle doesn't need Netflix. Chappelle can just have his own website and put his stuff out just like Louis C.K. does. This has been a trend with a lot of comics. That's why, you know, Joe Rogan was, hey, I'm going to work for myself, you know, and say what I want. And that's definitely worked out for him. I mean, that's one of the, the biggest media sources in the world still is Joe Rogan. I mean, he gets 
he gets more views than CNN, ABC, CBS, and NBC combined. And he doesn't just talk about news and politics. He probably should more, you know. But his, his shows with Alex Jones on, those are his biggest shows ever. You know, these controversial people, he is not having as many of them on there as he should anymore, are uh, are huge for him, you know. And, and that's what I think news should be about, to make it interesting. You know, you should have the Milos on there. You should have the... Uh, if I, if I did, I will. I certainly will. I would do it here and I will in the future. If this podcast grows to the point where I can have those people on, I'll do it. You know, I'll have any of those people on because, you know, I, not that I agree with them politically. I may agree with them on some things. I may disagree with them with others. But still, I can talk to them without you know, having to go and burn down their house, which is another issue like Tim Poole, a guy I was playing earlier, you know, he's having security problems. A lot of these people are having security problems and Elon Musk is having security problems and threats. Jordan Peterson has threats, you know, and uh, I guess it's happening too, or at least we're being told on the left with these politicians as well. You know, it used to be we could just uh, talk about things in this country and not have uh, become an issue. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens with these culture wars that are continuing here on on uh, Twitter, continuing on Netflix, uh, pretty much everywhere, you know. It's just, uh, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad news out there economically. Uh, here's the great collapse of Netflix, you know. Uh, big problems over there. And... Uh, Big problems at Disney, you know, uh, just with uh, their, their, had this woke cartoon come out recently, and it, and it just, it just uh, collapsed, you know, it was a, it's, it's doing very badly, the post Uh Oh, let's see what's happening with new, Ukraine. You know, I'm very much opposed to sending money to Ukraine because uh, we're going to have to, uh, they're going to win that war no matter What's what we do. for Ukraine? We're going to see the latest high-level meeting he just had with his counterpart in Belarus. We're going to see what military experts expect to happen any minute now. And make sure to stick with me to the very end of this video when I'll reveal why even global... You know, the one of the things about Ukraine is He's he's going to win, you know. There's really not, not much we can do uh, over there because he's over there. You know, he can sit back and lob missiles, you know, his excess missiles that he's had from the 1960s, uh, 70s, and 80s that are sitting around in mothballs in 90s. Uh, it, a lot of these things aren't even exploding that they're sending into these cities. Is they stick them on a truck and uh, from some warehouse somewhere, some bunker somewhere, and fire them into Ukraine. You know, I'm sure they've got a lot of backlogs of missiles. Some of these missiles aren't even exploding, but then what do you do? You got an unexploded missile lying in your town square, you know, stuck in, stuck into the ground, you know. So there's a huge problem there. The thing could go off at any time. You try to dig it out of there and move it, it's going to go off, take down a building, take down uh, 10 buildings, who knows. So anyway, it's not a good situation over there because we've spent trillions of dollars and who knows where any of that money went and we're not going to win that war. It's just not going to happen. ...in Belarus, it does appear that Russia is planning nothing less than what many believe to be the decisive death blow in this conflict. It, it brought in a new general, General Surovikin, who's been dubbed General Armageddon by the Russian media because of his propensity towards brutality in war. He's been brought in to send a clear message that a massive, utterly massive, no-holds-barred offensive is coming that will decisively end this conflict once and for all. And so when all is said and done... It looks like we're just waiting for General Sorovikin to give the order 
to launch the attack. In the meantime, an unrelenting barrage of Russian missiles has been inflicting catastrophic damage to the basic infrastructure of Ukraine, both civilian and military. It's being widely reported that Ukrainian command and control is being utterly annihilated. Power grids are being destroyed, bridges, roads, the whole of transportation infrastructure. Even the mayor of Kiev is warning his citizens that they need to be prepared to leave. We're talking mass evacuations going westward because there's simply no guarantee that Russian offenses are going to are not going to level the city. The Washington Post is in. Well, you know, and then then there you have it. I mean, time is on his side. You know, we keep sending billions and billions of dollars over there during a recession and during inflation and causing more inflation and causing even more problems. You know, and we're not going to win that war. There's just no way. We are not over there. We are not involved. We're not going to cause World War Three. Maybe we already are. Maybe the recklessness of the Biden administration, which I think the world sees as very weak, is, is going to cause World War Three. Let's hope not, because it's going to be the destruction of the economy over here and the destruction of the lives of, you know, many, many, many people here in, in Europe and here in the U.S., and the complete destruction of our economy. I mean, it's just an insane, insane folly to get involved in this. You know, it's it's we're just not going to win. He's not going. Russia is not going to allow NATO at its doorstep. We've been over there poking the Russian bear, poking the Russian bear, poking the Russian bear, and now we're getting, uh, now we're getting clawed. You know, now we're getting the claws and. Uh, you know, in fact, we're not saying, well, we're suffering with inflation. We're suffering with high gas prices. We're suffering with a lot because of it. We're suffering with lots of problems over here. And we certainly cannot take on this problem of fighting Russia. And it just kill billions and billions and billions of dollars, just a waste going over there and doing absolutely nothing. A lot of this money, we have no idea where it's going. It's going into the pockets of a lot of people who I think are getting a hold of a lot of this money that we're sending over there and just uh, getting out of the country, basically using it to flee. The elites over there, I think, are fleeing and uh, people are lining their pockets with this American money and taking off. And I don't know how much of it is actually getting uh, down to the uh, the troops on the ground and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a it's a losing proposition. We can't win this. They're over there. Russia is right there next door to them. We are a world away. We cannot win this war. We cannot beat Russia. Russia can just wait us out. Russia can have offensive after offensive after offensive. They're never going to give up. They're never going to stop. They're never going to worry about it. You know, there's a lot of stuff about, uh, oh, the Russian troops don't want to do it. People of Russia don't want to do it. Well, you know, guess what? The, the military over there, I think, is always ready to strike. And again, they have a backlog of missiles, endless amount of missiles and bombs over there, left over from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s that have been manufactured and they're just using those, you know. They're just just lobbing them, lobbing them into there. They've got to you just level the whole capital of that of the of the uh, country. That's what they'll do, you know. They've gotten a stronghold in uh, various areas of Ukraine already, and they're just. I'm sure they're just driving truck after truck, after truck after truck of supplies and troops and missile launchers, and mobile missile launchers, and tanks, and everything else, you know, bringing it down from uh, all over Russia uh, into the Ukraine, and time is on their side, you know. I wish I had the Rolling Stone song, I could pull it up and play it. Time, time is on his side, time's on Putin's side, you know. So anyway, there's another mess we're involved in. And uh, everyone's just gung-ho, yay, Ukraine, yay. You know, so anyway, 
Uh, let's one of the revelations we got talk here, about Twitter we a tweet here from again. An internal email from November 5th, 2022, the FBI's National Election Command Post, which compiles and sends on complaints, sent the... You know, actually, Twitter actually, you know, uh, communicating with the FBI, that's that's not okay. You, you, that's illegal. Here is at RSB Network, Right Side Broadcasting Network. This is the FBI reaching out to Twitter saying, scan through a news organization's feed to see if they broke the rules. Now, I understand that we're in a new era, and it's hard to separate an individual account from like a news media account but so long as these journalists want to play the game i will come out and say it right away the fbi telling twitter to take down an individual wrong the fbi telling twitter to take down a news organization now that's where it gets real creepy they say this is the email asac chan the national election command post necp is requesting assistance from sf regarding coordination with twitter Specifically, NECP has been made aware of tweets by certain accounts that may warrant additional action due to the accounts being utilized to spread misinformation about the upcoming election. Specifically, NS, uh, NECP is requesting the following. One. Yeah, you can't call something misinformation and then say it's okay to censor it. You know, you can't be, uh, you can't be doing that. That's, it's illegal. It, you know, you cannot uh, bridge freedom of speech, period. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether you suggest it. It doesn't matter whether you say you should do it voluntarily to another company. The, the government cannot take a private company and have them act as a proxy censor for them. They can't do that. And I'm sure that this is going to go to court. There's going to be losses. And we'll see where it lies. You know, uh, the ACLU no longer champions free speech, you know, and that's that's very sad. It used to be. The people on the left were the people that were always trumpeting free speech, and now they're against it. You know, the Democrats and the ACLU used to be uh, the free speech advocates. Now it's switched. Now it's the people on the right and the libertarians and the Republicans who are opposed to free speech, you know. I mean, I mean that are, excuse me, defending free speech, you know. And uh, that's... It's a, it's quite a shift, you know. It's, a, it's quite a relevant shift in, uh, culturally, you know. It really is, and not enough has been said about that, you know. Traditionally, uh, the left has been for free speech. And we'll see what happens if now the right gets in power, if they start censoring their, they keep saying that Elon is, but he's not. He's just taking journalists off that are doxing his, uh, his location, and he says, you can say afterwards, once I was there, that's fine. And, and that's true. He has security problems, and, and it's, a, it's a private company after all. He should be able to say, okay, no doxing, no doxing of uh, Supreme Court justices. It was a guy outside of, you know, his address was put out on the Internet. And uh, uh, Supreme Court justice, it was a guy who was arrested outside of his home trying to kill him. So a Supreme Court justice, and almost nothing's been said about this. So we'll we'll see what happens. You know, uh, these things, uh, the truth sometimes boils to the surface, but uh, sometimes without much fanfare. So anyway, I think that, that let's listen a little bit more about uh, what Tim Pool here has to say. You can catch his show on YouTube and also... Uh, on his website, but that's up to you. I'm just using these people as sounding boards just to, to talk about certain issues. Coordination between SF and Twitter to determine whether the accounts identified below have violated Twitter terms of service and may be subject any actions deemed appropriate by Twitter. Two, the issuance of preservation letters regarding these accounts identified below in order to preserve subscriber information and content information pending the issuance of legal process. And three, any location information associated with the accounts that Twitter will voluntarily provide to aid the FBI in assigning any follow-up deemed necessary to the appropriate FBI field office. Now, there's a lot of names in here. You got Billy Baldwin, of course, on the bottom. But RSB Network, that one, uh, that, that one stood out to me. They're directly, the FBI was directly... These, a lot of times, are memes and jokes that the FBI is complaining about. 
and you know election information uh, information uh, various elections uh, opposing the uh, uh democrats and their uh, efforts to get elected in certain statewide races and things like that and we know now of course federal races also that the with the Biden laptop and how this was suppressed. And this was done by the FBI contacting places like Twitter. We don't even know what was going on over there at, uh, at it was going on now at Facebook and other places at all. When we have the, uh, we have the, but now we have basically uh, Elon Musk has said, you know, he bought a crime scene is what he bought. So he's letting this stuff out and it's not being, uh, it's not being talked about at all in the in certain avenues of the press. Just the independent journalists, Fox News, people on leaning to the right, and the people on the left aren't talking about this story at all, which I can't say this enough, is always make sure you're looking at as many different sources as you can for news because, uh, uh, you know, one people... One is going to cover one one thing and, and others aren't. I mean, Fox News never talks about any of these attempted prosecutions of uh, Trump unless, of course, when he gets out of them, usually they find out when they give up, when they fail, they'll talk about them. But, uh, you know, it, if you want to find out about that, you're going to have to go to the Drudge Report, which used to be a right-leaning news aggregation site. Now it's a left-leaning news aggregation site. So anyway, um, I hope that uh, you enjoyed this podcast. I'm, you know, if you know me from comedy, I'm sorry if I'm so, uh, if I'm so unfunny, I'm funny here and there, I hope. But really, basically, uh, I used to be a political activist. I used to be a professional political activist for the Libertarian Party. And I used to do a show about uh, various issues. You call the Libertarian Alternative. You can still look it up if you want to see it. But uh, talking about things, we'll be doing some shows and more about comedy, more about jokes, more about joke structure, things like that. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at at Mark Selzer. You can find me on Facebook at uh, Mr. Mark Selzer. Just look up Mark Selzer and you can find me there. You can friend me there. I'll probably friend you back and you can find me on Instagram at at Mark Selzer. That's S-E-L-Z-E-R. That's how you spell my last name. Selzer, there's no T in it. Could be a Jewish name, could be a German name. Nobody knows. Anyway, so that concludes our uh, podcast today. We try to do more stuff uh, about the news, more podcasts about the news, and have more guests on the show. So I'll talk to you soon, and thanks for listening to Pod Potatoes.